This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Let them die. <laughs> this movie came out in 1991, directed by Nicholas Meyer. Based on the characters created by Gene Roddenberry, story by Leonard Nimoy, and Lawrence (laughs) Connor. Nimoy. Nimoy. And Mark Rosenthal. I guess a baseball guy. I don't know. Uh, Screenplay (laughs) by Nicholas Meyer and Denny Martin Flynn. Starring the cast of Star Trek, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, (laughs) James Doohan, Walter Koenig. Koenig? How do you say his name? Koenig. Koenig. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, George Takai, and then you have some others in here like Ooh, Kim my. Cattrall, Mark Leonard. Yeah, Mark Leonard's a, is a big returning piece. Yeah. Is he? All right. yeah. Oh, the original blonde bombshell from the first series. That's also. right. Yeah, she's the the comms officer. Yeah, yeah. on the she's Excelsior. Like Grace Lee Whitney, Excelsior communications officer. Excelsior. Kurtwood Smith. Uh, Christopher Plummer. And then uh, Michael Dorn as Worf, which I want to talk about. Cause, so, yeah, yeah, audible mention. Worf! <laughs> they actually said, it's like, I think that's Michael Dorn. And then they said Worf. It's like, oh, damn. So, so they did say it. I just recognized the voice. I was like, that sounds like yeah, Worf. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, well, I'll say it for when we talk about it, the, the nerd lore there. But, um, mm-hmm. And Christmas later. So what, Jeff, you have it. <laughs> yeah, you have that it, was a surprise. <laughs> you, you have it handy, Jeff. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Does does it give the month when this came, this came out? Uh, no, not on IMDb. I mean, uh, I probably I, I I only bring it up because Gene Roddenberry passed away in 1991, so the same year that this was released. So, uh, so I'm guessing that he didn't not get to see the final product, or at least he wasn't around for the the premiere because yeah. Hopefully, he did to kind of rinse his mouth clean of a. Uh, <laughs> well, he had the uh, final the, frontier. They, well, they had the dedication at the very beginning of it. So, yeah. final frontier is awful. So, I hope we at least got to see this. At least a rough mm-hmm. cut. Yeah. All right. Um, well, this was my movie. Um, as you've kind of mentioned before, I'm, I'm obviously way more of a Star Wars fan, but I do like some Star Trek. And this was the first Star Trek movie I ever saw. Uh, it was I had seen bits and pieces of my parents or my parents maybe my dad maybe would watch like an episode of the old show every once in a while maybe I remember Wrath being at like family parties and they were watching but I really didn't know what was going on I just remember Spock was I knew who the characters were like I knew who Spock was and Captain Kirk and that's about it maybe <laughs> um, and this one was on so back in the day with the pay-per-view for some reason, this this movie was just playing on a loop, and we had it available. It was coming through our cable channels. Like I was, it was. I turned it on, and I was like, 
oh cool so then i watched it and i but it wasn't at the beginning it was in the middle that i and i watched it like three times in like one and a half days i'm like this is pretty cool and then i <laughs> made it a blockbuster night i went to the store or the blockbuster and rented all five movies i <laughs> just got motion picture and and I'm kind of glad I got all five because I think if I would just would have stopped the motion picture, I would have probably just stopped altogether. But all right, I already rented Wrath of Khan and paid for it. Let me watch this one. And then, oh, I really like this one. And then I discovered, as most Star Trek fans know, it's like, ah, the even ones are good. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. Like, I, it's been so long since I've, I've watched the the first one. Do we, we cover the first one on the podcast? No, we've done two, four, and six now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, it's such a weird movie, um, and, it, and it bombed. Like I, I honestly don't remember whether I liked it or not, but it's it, it's so different from the the rest of them. Um, but the, the interesting part to me is how that one just kind of fell to the wayside, and then two became like like an all time like sci fi movie. So yeah, again, mm-hmm. following the whole even number thing, yeah. Yeah. So. That's my history with it, and it's, like I said, it's the first one, and maybe for that reason it has, I, I like it a lot, well, we'll get into it, what holds up and what doesn't, but this is definitely the first one, and for that I have lots of good good memories about it. Um, Alex, what's your history with this? I remember watching this in the theater with my dad. This is nice. one of the dad movies that he took us uh, to watch. Um, and before my most recent viewing, I didn't remember anything except for the... Uh, the assassination scene. Like, I didn't remember much of this movie. Assassin. That's right. Alright, I guess that makes sense why you picked our crossover topic. <laughs> hmm Scott, what's your history with this movie? Uh, I, I want to say I also saw it in the, in the theater, but definitely watched it uh, when it made the rounds on cable. Um, been been a while since I, I sat down to, to watch it again, though. Been a while. Uh... Yeah, I found like it's it's kind of nice. Like they don't really make stuff like this anymore. Or maybe the um, the TV shows are still like this, but <laughs> no, they're not. Just just the, the general like space <laughs> opera of the whole thing um, that really nobody else goes for <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even Star Wars is just so like enmeshed in like the. Like the action and adventure, like it never never stops to, to to get to the like the politics of it all, <laughs> you know, for better or worse. So it, it, it's it's kind of refreshing in a way. Well, not for lack of trying, Phantom Menace. Yeah, <laughs> didn't quite work out. Yeah. Also, the one thing with this too, it's I mean, this is ninety one, right? This is the. the Soviet Union's falling, and yeah. a lot of movies coming out around this time about how people can't, yeah, yeah. these military outfits can't live under these circumstances, so they'll right. do whatever they can to keep it, and this is just a sci-fi version well, of this, that, right? Well, this, this, I feel like, was was not only a swipe at that, but just environmentalism as well. <laughs> yes. I mean, they did that big time with... Less, uh, well, that probably, like, probably less <laughs> subtle. Home. Yeah, it was less subtle in 1991. Yeah. All right, well, with that, let's get into it. Uh, as usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. Uh, I'll go first, and the one thing, it just stands out, they're so old. Yeah, like, yeah, that's also my number seven. <laughs> it's, you know, that's kind of funny now when you go back and we watch the new Star Wars movies, and 
<laughs> they're even older, Harrison Ford, Hamill, and Carrie Fisher. But in this, yeah, it's they are old. And what I remember about that is there's a Simpsons episode when they're talking about they make fun of it. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no good, Captain. I cannot reach the control panel and all that. But yeah, just how how old they are in this scene. And I, there's another moment. Spock's hands when he's doing the mind meld on whatever her name is. His hands are all wrinkly and just, oh, it was just Yeah, they're, they're, yeah they look like Mama Coco's hands. <laughs> Coco. Uh, Coco. Yeah, <laughs> Mama Coco. Mama Coco. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I laughed out loud when, uh, <laughs> when, when Kirk dives to, to knock the president out of the way of the laser blast. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, did, I wonder if they like did some early post work on that to try to make that look better. Like, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> for the world they came from, I mean, the TV show was not much better with their stunts, right? Oh no, the... absolutely not. No, no <laughs> so like, I mean, eh, I mean, good enough. Like Kirk pioneered like the deadliest blow of Mar- in all of martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so he was 60. So Shatner was born in 31, and this came out in 91. So he was 60 years old when they came out. That guy's still going, too. I mean, they all look really good for their age. Like, the other one that I, I think, like, really looks old here is uh, Forrest Kelly. But he was always, yeah. like, older than them to begin with. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Nimoy is the same age as Kirk. Oh, yeah. And he he would have been 71. DeForest Kelly. Yeah. He's, he's 11 years older than those guys. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. So. yeah. He also looks like my neighbor across the street. <laughs> Same haircut. <laughs> Same everything. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Yeah. Uh, but no. All right. Uh, that was my number seven. So, Alex, that was your same thing for you, too, for your seven? Uh, yes. Along with the note about the Simpsons episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, what's your number seven? Number seven years is Kim Cattrall. Um, I, I actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, she's got the whole hot Vulcan thing going on, for sure. But mm-hmm. um, I really like what she Don't did. Don't be so dismissive of that, Scott. That's... <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm honestly not being dismissive. Uh, in fact, no. Uh, just have her and Kirstie Alley get in a fight. I know. What happens. But, well, I was, I, was, I was actually going to bring up Kirstie Alley. Um, I, I really like what... Kim Cattrall's doing here is kind of like a just a different take on a on being a Vulcan. Um, she's just incredibly smug the whole time, but but matter of fact at the same time. Um, whereas Christy Alley had was was a little more reserved, was a little more um, uh, Vulcan. <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, yeah. she's she's. A little like less expressive, um, so she, which which gave her impact when she was, uh, uh, emoting. Um, yeah, I actually really like Kim Chow here, and you know she's you know part of the main cast here, so mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she she does well here. Um, so just to get uh, you know, as usual, spoiler alerts for everything. I I can't imagine anybody either hasn't seen this movie or cares at this point, <laughs> but. Um, so, Alex, you said you didn't remember anything. Did you remember, like, that, that she was the, like, not the, the head assassin, but 
She was high She's up. In in, on it. She was high up in the conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not remember that. Okay. So, so we, yeah, I was just as the plot unfolded, I was discovering all that stuff. Okay. So it's it's funny that like they give it away like right in the beginning when she tells the the two guys, "Don't you have work to do?" And then those are the two guys that are the actual assassins. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I put that together later on in the movie. I just thought it's like, hey, stop being racist. <laughs> Uh, my number six is uh, the uh, as a negative is the fake blood, the CGI blood. Negative. So this is also ninety one, right? I mean, Terminator just came out, so I guess you know it's still new technology, but oof, <laughs> it's a lot better in T two than it was in this movie. Um, CGI well, whatever. Well, T two still used squibs and shit. I know, but to have it float, it was this is like liquid metal, right? This is their yeah. version of how to make the liquid metal work in this. Okay, what is? How can we make the ooh blood in zero G? It would do that, and I don't know if it would or not. But uh, it's the color, like I think Alex mentioned, like the Pepno Bismol or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the color always just threw me off, and I get it. They're Vulcans apparently, and I don't believe the same, same color blood. Is that like canon? Like they have Pepno Bismol blood for the? I I don't know for the, in in other stuff. I feel like the Vulcans, or, or sorry, the sorry, I, I may have said Vulcans. The, the Klingon, Klingons, Klingons lead. Like, I I was watching uh, Deep Space Nine not that long ago, and there's there's a lot of Klingon episodes. Like, yeah, I don't remember they ever killed the blood. Maybe they just avoided it altogether, just so they don't have to deal with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice there was a quick shot of the sniper at the very end when he was on the ground, glass shattered and everything. Normal blood, red blood. <laughs> so I don't know if they just ran out of the pink or that sh- or that you, stuff was shot first. Are you, are you joking, Alex? No. You, did you watch the movie? Yes. They 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 pull they do like a Scooby Doo and it was a human. Oh, really? Shit, yeah. I guess I missed that part. <laughs> well, well, did you watch the director's? cut? I did. I was just about to say I did watch the director's uh-huh. cut. Yeah. Is I that not the director's the... cut? Yeah, I just saw the theatrical. This is release. news to me too, Scott. I, oh, I well, okay, well, about. okay. I, I apologize. Uh, yeah, they, they 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 say the line like Worf is right there, um, and says, "Wait, this isn't Klingon blood. It's Chris's blood." No, <laughs> so, um, no, they say this isn't this isn't Klingon blood, and then they Scooby Doo and pull off the the makeup, and it's 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 Rene Abergenois, <laughs> the guy that plays Odo. <laughs> so he was in he's in one of the earlier scenes he's he's the guy uh, doing the um uh the, the powerpoint presentation with the but not but with uh paper which also made me chuckle but <laughs> okay but they had do you, you know what i'm talking about though right when they're going over the plan to rescue kirk like in the the office i don't remember it yeah, maybe maybe that wasn't really. in the regular one either. Yeah, um, maybe. But yeah, basically it was, it was Rene Arbergenois, um pretending to be a Klingon. Huh. Alright then. Anyway, alright. Fake blood, uh, or the CGI blood is my number six. So, Alex, what's your number six? My number six is... <laughs> this is the biggest fucking laugh that I had in the entire movie. <laughs> was when Chekhov... <laughs> found the boots. Well, he didn't find the boots, but he has the boots, and he's all smug and his face. As the Russian, uh, what is it? The Russian edict of Cinderella, <laughs> put it on. 
<laughs> he drops the boots on the guy that's suspect that he's got all, you know, big, super white alien feet yeah. that wouldn't fit normal, standard human shoes. And everybody's just looking at him like an idiot. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor Chekhov. I did, I did like that they, like, packed, like, 30 people into that galley. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no reason all those people had to be there. Yeah, why was Uhura there and stuff? It made no sense. Yeah, it was just, I, 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 I could get, like, trying to get the, the, the main characters in there just so they had something to do. But yeah, there's just a bunch of jobbers standing around. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Just to make sure the suspect didn't get away. Yeah. Yeah, that cracked me up. I, I forgot about that until it happened. All right, Scott, number six. Uh, number six is the, the actual assassination. Um, CGI blood aside, mm-hmm. um, I, I did really like that uh, Like gravity was actually a factor here. Like, it, it almost never is in Star Trek movies. <laughs> yeah. And they... Gosh, I, I don't remember them ever explaining like how they... They have normal gravity on the ships, um, but not that it's important. Uh, oh yeah, it's all like yeah. techno magic, anyways. But uh, I really like the idea here that oh yeah, just get rid of the the gravity, and then they're just basically helpless um, as long as you like had the the magnetic boots like they did. Um, so I, I thought that, that was a, a cool idea, um, and it's also a, a good way to like tie the whole. Investigation mystery together, which I'll talk more about. Uh, but but it totally makes sense about how like they needed to get back to the other ship, so that's why all the equipment went back with them because of the boots. They couldn't right. leave the boots behind. So um, yeah, yeah. I just I like I like the idea of actually showing like what it would ha- what would happen if you lost gravity in one of these ships. Yeah, the way that, the way that they're designed, <laughs> that there's no there's, there's nothing to hold on to. <laughs> all right no don't ever stop to think like if we lose gravity we're really fucked eh, we'll be fine <laughs> that's 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 yeah. basically like the mantra for for all spaceship design in, in the star trek universe you just gotta fly to this the right spot and say enable backup gravity yeah, that's true. Field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right uh my number five i kind of already hinted at it it's like the cringy mind meld scene really it was just you, a, you didn't like yeah. that no it's it's well, I didn't say it. Well, I think it's cringy. It's just because it's uncomfortable. It's just, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable. Yes, yes. I yes, I guess that's maybe cringy is the wrong word. Like it just goes on way too long. The way he's holding her, it just feels like he's violating the shit out of her in some weird Vulcan way. Yeah, like I, I don't know. It was just it was weird. And just like I said, I was grossed out by his hands. Maybe that was a cringy part. <laughs> Um, and then when it sounds weird, like, it's gonna sound weird. Like he's like he's penetrating her mind so hard that she's like she's freaking out and her acting on it. It's just yeah, it's a cool, uncomfortable, cringy scene for me. Mm-hmm. I, and I did remember. Well, I, I didn't until it started about to happen. I was like, oh yeah, this is when he mind f's her. So, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a real mind fuck. That Spock. Yeah, uh, that's my number five, Alex. My number five is the courtroom scene. The, the whole yeah. pageantry of it, the, the set, everybody's like way up on their towers except for uh, the 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 accused and the lawyers and everything. That was cool. I liked it. I do too. This is a little higher up on my All right. on my list, but I definitely like it. And to be honest, when uh, what's the last she, the Rise of the Skywalker movie came out, and like all those people in the background when they're in the Emperor's 
whatever the fuck's happening in that movie. At the end, I, that's, it reminded me of that courtroom scene. Like, all the people kind of in the shadows and, and like, the judge in the, in the shadows. I don't know, this reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. This is cool. I, I, I did think it was a little weak that, that Christopher Plummer was also the lawyer. Like, that, yeah. did, that didn't make much sense to me. He was, he's clearly effective and good at it. But, yeah, it didn't make much sense that that he was also a lawyer. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I don't know. This was yeah, I thought the same thing. But. Yeah, you got to get your money's worth out of plumber. Oh yeah, yes. I'm going to say about that in a second. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Scott. No, yeah, Scott number five. Yeah, number five is Christopher Plummer here. Um, I I like the idea of his character. Um, this this uh, Klingon that that's you know super tied to the, to the old ways. Uh, being a warrior, but also is is like uh, in love with kind of the drama of it all. Um, he kind of sees himself as as being a part of one of these these Shakespearean struggles. Um, that said, like uh, he is this, uh, he he definitely is chewing on way more scenery here than <laughs> than certainly than uh, Shatner <laughs> for sure. Um, it's it's a little bit much, um, like he's spinning around in the chair at the end, just quoting random Shakespeare. Um, it, it it was all a bit much. Um, but isn't that all of these villains in these movies? They're they're, they're Ricardo Walter yeah, does the same. He does shit. the same shit, but I I don't know. For, it just felt like they're going back to the greatest hits on this one. It didn't quite work for me. Um, you know, as usual, the the thing I, I like about the Star Trek movies is they're going across these villains, um, and rarely is it ever like the one on one like combat, the duel, or anything. Like, no, everybody's back on their ship, or <laughs> or they're they're doing some techno bullshit to like stop the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the, the case here. Like, yeah, Christopher Plummer's never going to go. He's not going to trade this with. Uh, yeah, him and Shatner are going to fist each other. Is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, just a, a weird character. Like you tone it down, maybe just a little bit. Um, also, they went light on his prosthetic, by the way. <laughs> like, I wonder if he just wasn't into like the full on <laughs> like ridges, like most of the other Klingons had. I, I don't know. Hmm. Probably. I'll do your movie, but don't put all that shit on my face. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right. Uh, on to my number four. And it's kind of a combo, but it's kind of the... It's the... But I remember from the trailer from this movie, and, and just and when they... Uh, well, the, what I remember from the trailer is Kirk going, Fire! When yeah. uh, they jerry-rig the, the torpedo to track gas or whatever but just, but the whole thing about like giving operation to the torpedo i have no idea what was going on but i remember as a kid going oh yeah that's cool that's cool i just never loved it as a kid and and just the fire i forgot about that until it happened in this movie too i was like yeah it, it it's it's like them doing the modifying the torpedo is just a really great way to have a couple old men be a part of an action scene like and yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, kurt i mean uh, spock Never once said, you know, I was inside one of these. <laughs> yeah. I know them inside and out. <laughs> yeah. 
And I do like, because I forgot, see, the other thing, I, I knew that they did some kind of a heat-seeking missile thing to find the cloaked uh, ship for the prey. But then I forgot, I was like, when it happened, I'm like, so wait, they've been getting hit with torpedoes this whole, or I don't know, whatever they have on their ship, a lot. And they're still, they're still kind of fine. They're going to take one and blow up. I totally forgot that once it gets hit, both uh, the Excelsior <laughs> yeah, and target uh, that explosion. Yeah, Enterprise just nuke the shit out of it once that happens. So was that like, was cool to see. I forgot about that because I was like, one missile, really? And then I was like, oh no, okay. So I couldn't, I couldn't decide whether, or maybe it was a combination. But the reason why he doesn't like Christopher Plummer as General Chang doesn't fire more because he doesn't want to give his position away, or is he just enjoying fucking with them? Like I couldn't. I couldn't really decide. Like, yeah, it's I think movie it, villain I think shit. It's both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, because yeah, if he stayed at the same spot firing, then they'd pit point him yeah. real quick. And 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 also not for nothing, but if they ever did invent like a gas tracking like projectile, like I would definitely be fucked. <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure Jeff uh, wouldn't last long either. Oh, not after the fair last night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, that was cool, and they kind of yeah they they don't really explain the the cloaked firing bird of prey. Like, oh, they must have done it. <laughs> so all right, it's like a silent propulsion system. Yeah, and like it's like the Red October. I was gonna say like the Red October, but the because uh, I know Star Trek can do that, right? I'm not a, in like the show specifically, right? Don't they get more details on how everything runs? There, there, there's a lot more about. Uh cloaking stuff um, like firing by cloaking I don't, I don't know about that but yeah. I just mean like explaining tech like Star Wars doesn't explain tech at all or Star yeah. Trek I feel yeah does they, they'll throw in a lot of tech. like the techno babble yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, alright uh, Alex number four my number four is the assassination scene on the bird of prey it's cool I don't have any anything else to add I mean I like that that guy's got the guy got his arm lasered off i didn't i forgot about that yeah it's pretty neat and he survives he made it good for him yeah he made it. all right scott uh my number four is uh yeah the the final ship battle um yeah i thought it was cool it was, it was a good way to kind of draw it out add extra tension um the fact that they didn't know where they were and then to have sulu showed up show up was cool um, and then for them to like again Star Trek their way out of it, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know it's classic Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. Like, oh, we happen to have this tech, so we can counter this thing that we've never encountered before. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah this is fun. Cool. All right, uh, my number three is the courtroom scene. We've kind of already talked about it. I just I like the translators. You know, you know, listening. Yeah, you know, little walkie talkies. Literally, I listened to it. Don't wait for the translation. Answer the question. I, I definitely remembered that. That's why I almost had our crossover topic be not waiting for the translation. <laughs> um, and then yeah, that that evil Judge Doom up there, or whatever, with that gavel ball. Did Did he have a metal oh, hand awesome. or just a metal glove? I couldn't really tell. I don't know, but he had that ball, right? He had like a thermal. Yeah, yeah. It's a gavel. Yeah, yeah. It spark when you hit that. That was cool. Silence. Yeah, I mean, it was a sham of a trial and all that stuff, but it was cool. And 
yeah, I don't know how that shit works. Like how everybody was able to listen to it, the like, live streamed, even back on Earth. <laughs> but well, whatever, it was it was a fun scene, and like I said, just the people around that room, I just really thought was cool. Um, Alex, number three. My number three is, and this happens in real life. The older generation is always like inflexible. They're set in their ways, and they don't want to make way for the future in the newer generation and this is kind of uh along with you know the cold war stuff uh kind of what the movie was uh the overall point in my point of view anyways from what i saw and uh kirk finally you know has an open mind but also retires at the same time uh along with the rest of the crew and uh this being like the last essentially the last movie that uh, they would make together as the original crew of, of Star Trek with the cool signatures at the end and everything. So, uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I like that. Which ties in with, you know, every, as I'm sure everybody in the theater is like, wow, Kirk and the crew are old. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of goes in with the uh, the overall um, story of the movie. So I, I'm glad they worked that in. Yeah, I like, I like uh, Kirk's speech when he, when he told the Klingons, if I can change, you can change. <laughs> you can change. We, we all can change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. All right, nice. Uh, Scott, number three. Uh, my number three uh, is the the overall like mystery on the ship that they're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get get more clues introduced throughout the that that act of the movie anyway. Um, they, they give, it gives somebody, it gives the, the whole main cast something to do, <laughs> which, which mm-hmm. is, which is nice. Um, and then, uh, like, it, it was funny that, that Scotty just happens to discover the, the clothing, like, it is, yes. it is a shitty well, job air conditioner of, a shitty job of, of searching, like. Okay, so when I told you I watched this three times when it first came out, that scene never made sense to me. And I was, <laughs> and I was just like, Scotty just having dinner or whatever, and he's like, oh, I'm going to open this vent and find the boots. Watching it in HD and surround sound and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, he, he hears a rattling up there, and then when it gets close, you can kind of see in through it. I, did not, I never got that when I watched it. I was like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. <laughs> it did make sense this time for me, because like I said, I don't... I, I don't know if it's I'm a little older and wiser and I pay more attention or the fact that I can hear things better with my system and see things. But yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I liked all that. Um, and then how that culminated in the, in the mind meld. Um, that was a really cool kind of intense scene. Um, there's some, some great work from Kim Cattrall and, and Leonard Nimoy there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is very uncomfortable. Nimoy. He's, he's, he's Nimoy. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely violating her on some level, um, but yeah, it, was, it was really cool. Like at, at one point, um, he's only using the one hand, and then he and then he uses the other hand uh, to like probe even deeper. Um, but I have two lightsabers. Yeah, <laughs> but I have uh, two hands. Until like she, you know, she screams out, and then he, like Nimoy is is great. Like he stops, and the way he says like. Like paraphrasing, like she doesn't know anymore. Like, but he's like, 
like he, he like wheezes it out. Like he he he's been drained in the process as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like, that was a really cool scene. And then they're like, yeah, they, they 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 manufacture some of the drama there with the like. There's just like like heartbeat kind of sound going along with it, uh, with the, with the music, with the score. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was really cool. Um, I also like the idea that I, I I don't know how the mind melds are supposed to work, but that that basically like Spock would be kind of like a, I don't know a mind meld badass like <laughs> mm-hmm. like to like she wouldn't be able to do the same thing to him like um I I, I would probably because he's half human well probably. Yeah. Um, she needs to take more bong hits off that. Chair. Yeah, whatever the fuck that uh, was. Yeah, <laughs> bong he tried yeah. to share with her. Yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, they go into a lot of like the Vulcan rituals <laughs> in, this, in this movie. Although that was it was kind of weird, interesting. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I like the mystery and then the 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 information drop after the mind melt. All right, uh, on to our number twos. Uh, this one is two things. The first, I laugh at the tracker that Spock puts on Kirk. Like, that is the biggest... Like, once again, didn't really notice it on my old TV. On this TV, he's like, holy crap. He <laughs> might as well put like... Yeah. I, 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 was, I, I didn't realize that until, like... Like, even after they said it a bunch of times. Like, I was just like, why does he have that weird, like... Like, he has, he has like, the golden ticket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in the back of his... <laughs> yeah and then I was like oh okay yeah 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 and then like the odds of like they would have let him keep his uniform the whole time and he never took it off even on the the mining planet or whatever yeah he didn't check him for weapons or anything like that <laughs> he just kept his coat on and he thought that was interesting but just that whole journey of kirk with in the in the on the mines there was interesting and I did laugh when, you know, the hot chick comes over to him and he thinks he's all cool and everything and DeForest Kelly's all upset and you find out he's just a big, ugly monster and all that. Oh, that's pretty funny. It's a future Miss Bowie. Is it? Iman's married to Bowie? Yeah. I didn't know that. Remember she creeped me out? Those eyes creeped me out when I was a kid. I'm like, she's pretty but scary at the same time. <laughs> she, uh, well, she's referenced anyways in uh, Winning Time, right? I don't know. She's uh, Spencer Haywood's wife, girlfriend. Oh, well, we into that. Hmm. Anyway, but yeah, the, the the tracker and then the whole thing with with uh, Kirk on that mine kicking the guy in the knee and it's really his dad <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> all right, Alex, number two. My number two is despite this being you know, and Star Trek has uh, a pretty good record of doing this. But despite this movie being like hard sci-fi, a lot of techno babble uh, stuff, and then throw in like political murder and intent and stuff like that, it still manages to be a lot of fun. Like you, you could tell all the characters uh, still have a great rapport, great working relationship. They they know how to bounce um, scenes and lines off each other uh, to seem very natural, uh, and it was great. It just it, everybody just it just felt like everybody was having a good time on the set. Yeah, even though half of them probably hate each other, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, more, more more credit to them that they're that doesn't come off like mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, by half of them you mean like 
Like, everybody hated Chatter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just know there's been concert. Like, it's... Yeah. Is that how it is? Shatner and Nimoy? Well, they just all hate Shatner. I think I think everybody has beef with Shatner. Like, okay. I think I think everybody loves Nimoy, and I have never heard of anybody like anybody else having beef with each other. So. Okay. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure they weren't fans of uh, Christian Slater. I don't know. <laughs> everybody hated that kid. Yeah. Son of a bitch made it. Holy shit, he made it. What is what is the line? Yeah. Fuck me, he cleared it. Fuck me. <laughs> fuck me, he cleared it. <laughs> That's the one. There you go. Alright, Alex. No, wait, where are we at? Yeah, Alex number two? It's got no, number was, two. It's got number two. Number two, uh, my notes have Angry Spock. Uh, yeah, let, let him be more so great in this. Uh, just, you know, playing the Vulcan. Um, but but when he does emote, like, it's it's it's... Subtle, but uh, it just—it's—it's um, very—I don't know—powerful. Um, like you, you see him lose his temper like a couple times, but it's very subtle. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's not super subtle when he slaps the the phaser out of her hand. Um, that's like a very unspock-like thing for him to do. Yeah. Um, and but just like his whole posture changes for just like a, a couple seconds. Um, and then you see him like get control of himself again. Like it's, it's just really good stuff. Um, you know him um, with with some of the jokes that he says. Um, the 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 go to hell thing at the end was was maybe too much. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, just just him being the the uh, the mentor here. Him him taking control. Um, you know, there's that 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 pause after. Uh, Kirk and, and McCoy have been, been found guilty. Um, and there's, there's kind of this cool shot of him kind of walking around half of the bridge, basically. Um, but yeah, you just see him, like, again, try to get control of himself. Like, it's, it's all very subtle, um, but it, it, it's it's just really good stuff. Um, and then, you know, finally again, the, the mind meld scene uh, um, is, yeah, just you, you see him... Um, get get more and more intense as as the scene does. Um, yeah, and just uh, out of all the actors, like I, I felt like he stood out the, the most for as far as the how good the performance was. Yeah, when he went to his song and dance about Bilbo Baggins, it was pretty. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. End credit scene. <laughs> um. All right. Well, my number one has to do with Spock too, and you kind of already mentioned it. It's just. The whole mystery behind it, and then Scott Spock figuring it out, right, and and trying to figure it out the whole time, and you know, there's I can't, I don't remember the quote, but something about when all Paul's uh, possibilities have been exhausted, yeah. let's come to another whatever he says. Yeah, right? the, the Sherlock cool. Holmes, however improbable, must yeah. be the fact. Just, just all of that, and trying to find whatever we're looking for is here. Just all of that, just Spock doing everything. It's Spock's movie. Um, well, the other guys yeah. do. Well, he wrote it. <laughs> So yeah, that's my number one, Alex. My number one's kind of along the same lines. I really did like uh, the the political and the assassination and murder mystery of everything. Um, has there really there hasn't really been an, another Star Trek episode or well, at least in the original series or movie that centers around stuff like this, right? Um, episodes I can't answer. Movies, no. 
at least of the original. Yeah. I know TNG kind of does do similar uh, handling of political stuff in, in like other systems and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that that was really cool. A good, a good uh, plot, a good story for a Star Trek movie. I loved it. Yep, good way for them to go out. Yeah, and, and it makes mm-hmm. sense that that uh, it, the whole plot centered around Klingons too. So. Yeah. Real, real quick, quick question: Did um, the president? I already mentioned his name, the Kurtwood Smith. Was he? Mm. Did he always play the Federation president, or this the first? I time? could have sworn he was in four as like a Federation dude. Okay, I mean, I can look that up. Uh, the, the, the Federation dude. The uh, the admiral, the, the admiral, it's traitor. He shows up in another movie. He might have. I think he was. He also shows up in four. I, I don't remember about five, but uh, the guy who plays it, Spock's dad or whatever. Yeah, Mark Leonard. That, yeah, he's in like a bunch of them, right? Right. Is he even on yeah. the show or mm-hmm. no? Um, I think he was on the original show. I, I mm-hmm. not as Spock's dad, although he could have been. I don't remember. All right. I'm looking at Kurt Woodson, and I don't see any other Star Trek credits to his name. Okay. So. It was another dude in the same makeup. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, Scott, number one. Okay. Now, my number one is just, uh, this is a, a nice send-off for all the characters. Uh, I think this, this was promoted as the last one, and yeah, that, that finished with the, uh, the signatures, uh, which is since, I, I don't know if... The, it, there's been any other movies that have done this, but uh, they, you know, Avengers. Did, I was just about to say they did this in, in Endgame. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. So, <laughs> I loved it. But yeah, it's just send off. Like all the characters get to do like their thing in this movie. Um, there's there's a lot of banter. Uh, a lot of it is really funny. Um, I think the biggest laugh for me was. Uh, when it does that that jump cut to Kirk getting his ass kicked by the the guy that had balls in his knees, um, and you just see uh, at, at one point the, the camera as it's panning around uh, focuses focuses on McCoy, and he's just smiling and laughing. You got him right where you want him. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, just like the idea that he's delighted that Kirk's getting his ass kicked. Like <laughs> uh, he doesn't like have a problem with it. Um, there was that, um, you know, at the, the just just running through some of the the dialogue here. Um, the the admiral that turns out to be a traitor in the beginning tells Jim, "I don't know whether to congratulate you or not, Jim." And McCoy just says, "I wouldn't." And he just walks <laughs> off. He walks off screen. <laughs> um, the 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 dinner party. That was a really nice cut. Um, I, I hope you guys had the same cut. But the dinner party ends. Um, and Kirk is standing in front of all of them with the from the Klingons, and he's got the crew behind him, and he says, "We must do this again sometime." Uh, that made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. The the joke at at Kirk's expense, which I thought was pretty funny, um, when he's fighting himself, uh, the shapeshifter, <laughs> oh, yeah. with oh, yeah. the I can't believe I kissed you, <laughs> or I can't believe I kissed myself, uh, or no, I, I can't believe I kissed you. And then uh, the other one says, it must have been a lifelong ambition. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a nice kind of meta joke. Um, it's super cool seeing Sulu be the captain. Um, and, you know, being still super loyal to, to, to Kirk. Um, yeah, I, I, I could go on. 
Um, that it, it was kind of ridiculous with the whole scene where Uhura has to to do the the Klingon translation. It was a little too cute, but it, it was it was funny. Like I like the idea that there's these bored ass Klingons that like are like yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they you know they can't be asked to to, to check any further. Uh, but yeah, just anyways, it, it was a nice send off. I thought. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, before we move on, I Kurt, I was wrong. Kurtwood Smith has been in other Star Trek stuff, but it was an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He played Thrax, and then he played Anorax in Voyager. So there you go. Okay. And that's all I got. Oh, Worf, we didn't talk about this. So, yeah. obviously when this movie came out, Next Generation was already running. That's the thing, right? Like, Worf's character, right? Yes. Yeah. So, was this just a, an Easter egg? Not Easter egg, but like just something for the family. I mean, was it known that he was a lawyer? I mean, I don't... I so, it's supposed was... to be it's supposed to be his grandfather. Oh, it's not even supposed to be him. No, it, I, I mean, it's, time, it's, it's a... It's time. a... I mean, his character name might still be Worf. Let me look that up again. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's supposed to be his grandfather. Um, and if we want to get, like, super nerdy about this, um, the whole the whole reason that, like, uh, Worf has been disenfranchised from the, from the Klingon Empire is because his father had a bunch of, like, he was basically, his family was framed, his father was framed for this thing that happened at Kittimer, uh, which is where they had the peace accords. Um, so, like, something happens at Kittimer, like, after this, um, that his father basically gets blamed for. Um, and then, yeah, and then we get Worf in the next generation. All right. Hmm. All right, cool. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I had a couple of honorable mentions. Like, All the right. shifter. The first thing I thought is like, have they ever connected this shapeshifter with, uh, as we mentioned before, Odo from Deep Space Nine? No, that that bothered me. Like they they play real fast and loose with the continuity. <laughs> if if you if you've watched all the series, you you you'll see them start to repeat like certain techno babble and and oh, okay. and and things like that. Um, and they yeah, there's no relation. But I'm like, this is bullshit. Like this was like a central thing. For uh, Deep Space Nine, and like mm-hmm. I forget what 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 her race is, like what what she says, um, but it's like a different race. So, but it seems like that'd be a pretty big deal if it was a whole race of shapeshifters floating around the universe, and yeah. it, like and they addressed that in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> they absolutely addressed that, like how it wouldn't take a lot of them to fuck up everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I would be a little more worried about shapeshifters. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And shape shrinkers too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is that there's no replicators in the old ship, so it was weird to see like a whole uh, ship galley. Everybody preparing oh. salads and meals and stuff when they went to the back. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. No replicators. They would need like chefs and, and crew and and uh, sous chefs and what what have you to make the meals. That just jumped out at me. There you go. I don't know what you're talking about, but there you go. What, in Next Generation, they just may replicate food or something? Yeah. They just right. go to the rooms and say, uh, 
Make it tea, so. Earl Grey, hot. And then yeah, the it's, it's, just... one, it's one of those things, like, as a viewer, you just can't think too much about because it's like, like, there's so many questions about that. <laughs> like, rearrange the atoms around. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. Or not just that, but just like having access to that kind of technology. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Anyway, and the Hollow yeah. There's no hollow suites in old school Star Trek. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being absolute garbage. Seven being perfection. Uh, I will go first, and I'm going to give this a six. I still really enjoyed this movie. Um, I liked it a lot as a kid, and I liked it just as much now. So for me, that makes it a six. Alex. Yeah. Also, an easy six for me. This was this movie was great. I, I didn't feel compelled to, uh, I wasn't bored, I didn't go on my phone at all, it kept my attention throughout the whole thing, I was laughing, I was uh, on the edge of my seat with some of the scenes, it was, it's fantastic. Alright, and Scott? Uh, this is tough. Um, Boo. <laughs> I think I think I'll go to five. Um, <laughs> you are the William Shatner of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> So the most successful one? Okay. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely... Is... I thought he was calling you a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hooker. Uh, so yeah, it, it did f- fly by, even though like director's cut was like over two hours long. Um, so give it, definitely give it credit for that. Um, like I said, I, I love you know, getting to see the, the characters, be the characters one more time, but... It was just a little too, I don't know, silly with, with some of the stuff they were doing. Uh, nah. For me to, to rate it higher. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. So five. All right. Fair enough. And now it's time for our crossover topic, which is top assassination attempts, plots, successes, whatever, and movies, and video games, and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'll go first, and my uh, first one is from a comedy, and that would be the Naked Gun, <laughs> number three on my list. The speaking of Ricardo Montalban, him uh, <laughs> putting a watch on Reggie Jackson, the right fielder, to uh, kill the Queen. Hi. I must kill the Queen. <laughs> well, there it is. That's my number five, Alex. Which number five? My number five is an entire video game series, which is Assassin's Creed. That's all the game is. You're a dude, you have to sneak up on your targets and assassinate them. Assassin's Creed 2 being far superior than the first one. I haven't played the other ones. It is. Two is way better than the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, Alright, Scott, number five. Okay. Uh, my number five is uh, Sicario. Uh, okay. Which is actually yeah. s- Spanish for the Sicario. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Sicario is Spanish for assassin, right? Alex? Yes. Okay. No, it's Asesino. Yeah. I think Sicario is like... Um... Is it like another... Well, like Portuguese or, or like South American Spanish in some dialects? 
No, it's... Uh, Slang? I think it's just like another name for hitman, like a hitman. Not necessarily the exact translation of assassination. Like assass- uh, an assassin. Oh, okay. Right? I think it was like a, uh, a drug cartel hitman or something like oh, that. Like it's, when people say, oh, he's a mechanic. Maybe. He paints houses. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> yes, Sicario has, as, as, uh... Without spoiling anything, uh, this is a very elaborate uh, plot inside the movie, so... Yeah. It's a great movie. It's on my list. You guys should pick it one of these days. Okay. It's a me, Sicario. <laughs> Charles, right. Ma- Charles Martinet. <laughs> yeah. Stars in Sicario. All right. Well, my number four comes from a movie with Quentin Tarantino, and that would be Inglorious Bastards. And that's with um, the assassination. Well, it's, there's multiple assassination things going on here, but mm-hmm. hers getting the revenge on all of the Nazis at her movie theater and playing the movie and burning them all down. But I guess, while well, the meantime, the glorious bastards are trying to get Hitler and but whatever. The, the movie theater scene, all that pretty damn cool. And then how yeah, it, it's great. Just the whole movie. Bonjour. Giggly. Oh, you read Archie. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is The Jackal. That's the that's the right movie I'm thinking of, right? With uh, uh, Gerbil and uh, yeah, with doing the, the Irish accent, yeah, right? Yeah, Gerbil guy and uh, <laughs> Die Hard, Gere. Richard Gere, and Bruce Willis. Yeah, and Jack Black. Jack Black's in it. He gets blowed up. Oh wow! He's the one that makes the uh, that makes the uh, the giant <laughs> rifle sniper rifle. Jesus I, H. The only thing I remember about that movie was just. Richard Gere, Richard Gere's accent being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was, but yeah, um, the titular, well, not titular, well, the villain, Jackal Bruce Willis, being the villain in this one, sneaking, uh, getting the giant machine gun and all the tech, and then sneaking it across the border, hiding it in the thing. If you haven't seen it, I just spoiled a bunch of stuff for you, but it, it's a great movie, despite the accent. All right, Scott, number. Two, four. Uh, number four Six, is, is, eight. is <laughs> number four is also in Glorious Bastards. Okay. Despite okay. Eli Roth. Despite <laughs> Eli Roth. Alright. Uh my number three is from a movie we've done. We did we did a long time ago, and that would be In the Line of Fire. John Malkovich's attempt at the killing the president and this fake gun and Killing assholes and birds. Yeah. And... <laughs> Would you kill that bird, asshole? All of that. I really love that movie. So, In the Land of Fire. Amen. <laughs> Alex, number three. Number three is The Naked Gun. <laughs> so ridiculous. Even with the, it's a Naked Gun movie. It's a sp- police squad story. And they're still putting a watch on to hypnotize somebody. That was great. Alright. Scott, number three. Uh, number three is Thirteen Assassins. Um, I should add it to my list. Actually, do that now. It's not already on there. Um, oh, so, this is a Japanese movie. Yeah, yeah, that movie's fantastic. Awesome. So, so that fantastic. movie, this movie is absolutely bananas. Yeah. Um, well, we talk a whole lot about the plot in it, but there is a a big plot for an assassination in this. Hence the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this this movie is completely bonkers. And we should we should review it. Yeah, that's number three. Your list. I just did. All right, there it is. 
All right, my top two are actually from the same TV show. Uh, I, don't, I have to pick one here, and I will go with the Red Wedding uh, number scene one. from Game of Thrones. Uh, which number one, I guess I'll talk more about it later. But yeah, Red Wedding, Game of Thrones. Scott, or Alex, which number two? My number two is Zoolander. <laughs> kind of like the Manchurian Candidate. Where they brainwatch very hunky dummies to uh, assassinate political leaders. <laughs> and uh, Derek Zoolander was uh, tasked with killing the Prime Minister of Malaysia. But what about the male models? <laughs> yes, but why male models? Why male Seriously? models? Seriously? I just <laughs> finished explaining that. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen that movie in too long. I'm gonna so, watch it again. Uh, so, trivia that that was ad lib. Like I guess yeah. <laughs> Ben Stiller literally forgot his line, so he just sped up. The, <laughs> yeah. But why do you want to do this? Are you serious? <laughs> to come to you. Oh my gosh, so good. All right. Uh, uh, sorry, Scott. Number two. Number two is also Zoolander. Yeah. He derelict my balls. Alright. Well, my number one is also from Game of Thrones, and this would be the assassination of Joffrey. Uh, while the Red Wedding is a much better scene, and, and much I guess comes out of nowhere, just seeing Joffrey die was so awesome that I guess I have to... Go <laughs> uh, just the... When you go back and rewatch it, and seeing the what's-her-face, the old lady take the diamond from Sansa, God, these people's yeah, Sansa's necklace and doing all that stuff and waiting for Peter, not Peter Dinklage, little finger, little finger, right? God, yeah. I, it's been so long. I remember forgetting the names. Yeah, little finger. Yeah, uh, putting the ship to sail and all that stuff with uh, those those guys. Anyway, Joffrey Baratheon's death. <laughs> Batman didn't come to save him that time. No, he didn't. <laughs> But there's a million assassinations you could have put in Game of Thrones, I guess. So there you go. Uh, Alex, what's your number one? My number one is the Red Wedding. I'm gonna call the one from the book because that's the first time I read it. I read that's the first time I read anything like that. The the whole build up to the scene, the uh, the <laughs> like the logic. The it had me so hooked into the logic of like, oh, you know, I would like a, a tribute of like a platter of cheese and salt. It's like, okay, well, that's going to protect the family somehow, all right? Politically, that's a thing? Okay. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yep, I still remember yeah. being on vacation, reading that book. And uh, I had to put the book down. <laughs> I'm so shocked. <laughs> and then you know, I read it, read it again. I'm like, I, there's no way I read that correctly. And then I went through yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did say, like... The, the first time what I ever said this fuck? reading a book, yeah, what the fuck? That was great. Well, I did not read it, but watching it, like I had a feeling something was kind of, kind of, kind of happen there. Yeah. I, but I did not expect it, it was, that. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like people posting all the reaction videos, yeah. like, and you getting to live vicariously through the through, yeah. through other people's reactions. So, yeah. Did you know that was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And the one thing that I thought, like. 
people who read the book, like that stuff they added, like stabbing his wife. Oh, that was, yeah, they took it to the next level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the stuff like that, which was kind of, I guess, nice. And I just feel weird. Like I, I go back and watch scenes from Game of Thrones every once in a while, or I used to anyway. And like, I would watch that. It was so cool, but it's so hard to watch at yeah. the same time. It's, especially the very end with, uh, when Kat gets it and then this guy comes out of nowhere and just slices her throat and just, just <laughs> dead silent and she just falls to the ground. See, somebody did like a PG edit and they like replaced all the blood with rainbows. <laughs> oh, kind of like the 300 thing from way back in the day. Like uh, cupcakes so or whatever. But... Yeah, this so... is Cape Town. Cape Town. <laughs> this is delicious. I still think that the most, like the harshest scene to watch is Arya's point of view when they have the wolf head on Rob's body and they're just parading it around. Like, oh god, just brutal. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the next episode. I think it ends. I think it's the next. Yeah, it's, episode. It's nuts because that was like. So not only was it like additional characters in the show and they died even more brutally, but uh, like. That that's like three plot lines just snuffed out like instantly. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, people people thought they were like ready for shit after what happened in the season one, the end of season one. It's like mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> yeah, and then the book it's crazy too because uh, like for for the same reasons like Cat is a POV, um, Rob's not though. Like like he's in the show, um, but yeah, Arya's still around for all of it. And, yeah. Yeah, and this yeah, this or the book and the first one with Ned giving his head chopped off. You're like, well, it's unexpected. That's crazy. He's our main character, but okay, it makes sense. Leaves room for his kids, and then it's like, oh, that kid's dead. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Wolf's dead. Oh, this kid's not gonna make. It. Ah, jeez, good, good mm-hmm. stuff. All right, uh, Scott, do you remember one yet? Uh, Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah, that was like the first thing I thought of. <laughs> As you said, Jeff, earlier, I must kill the queen. The queen. Hey, Senorico Palazzo. <laughs> All right. Any honorable mentions? Um, uh, I'm good. I wouldn't say it was assassinations, but it, that arcade game that's a sniper rifle. What was that called? Silent Scope? Yeah, that's the one. Silence go. I say good pull, Jeff. Jesus. Yeah, but that game was a lot of fun. Hard as shit when you had to like get the guy that was running across the football field with the president's daughters. Like, oh motherfucker! And the chopper that you were on was unsteady. That was tough. All right. Well, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So we got some very, very important breaking news on ESPN. All right, this is shattering, mind-shattering, mind-blowing sports world news. Russell Wilson and Kyara, Sierra, they got a new puppy named Sierra. Bronco. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm. I think they're going to race him. <laughs> it's possible. Well, he was just traded to the Denver Broncos. That's probably why. I think that's just a coincidence. Am I making that up? I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're you're right. It's a coincidence. (laughs) Because his last name's dog was Seahawk. 
<laughs> it's real original guy. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Russell Wilson. Don't quit your day job. Yeah, was, I'm was, joking about that. I have no idea what he's talking about. It would have been awkward if he'd, he'd gone to Washington a couple years, or a few years previously. Yeah. <laughs> this is my dog. God. Dog. <laughs> All right. It's time for Neem News. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Uh, okay. Um, starting off with a, a couple of reviews here. Uh, I couldn't stay away. I went to go see Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness over the or weekend. Or how I learned to love the bomb. <laughs> or how I learned to love the bomb. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've, I've read a few reviews. Uh, had, had different... Um, friends of the, of the show um, give their opinion on it um, it seems a little divisive <laughs> um, I, I can see why people maybe weren't into it but uh, I really enjoyed it um, I, I think if you are a, a Sam Raimi fan especially of the, the Evil Dead stuff Army of Darkness um, that you'll, you'll get a, a maybe a lot more enjoyment out of the movie than, than people that, that aren't or mm. don't care anyway Um uh, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's definitely the closest to a horror movie that, that any of these MCU movies have, have done for sure. Um, a lot of and a lot of the times, it's it's toe in the line between PG thirteen and R with with some of the content uh, in in it you know in a good way. Uh, but um, I yeah, overall, I, I I think I recommend it. Um, there's there's definitely some deep nerd shit, as I like to say. <laughs> Uh, as I like to, to quote um, Tom Brehan, Brehan, I always forget how to pronounce his last name. Um, so yeah, that, that that's, that's basically uh, it for that. Um, would would let me ask you this: Do you need to watch the first Doctor Strange? Uh, how can I put this? Um, <laughs> yes no. or no? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I, I was I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you get more out of it. Um, I, I don't necessarily think you need to watch the first Doctor Strange, but I mean, you like you have to have seen other Marvel stuff then to understand who the characters are, like like right. the Christine character, like like you know without spoiling much. Um, oh, there was a car. Yeah. Uh, Who's Christine? Is that Rachel? <laughs> Rachel McAdams' character, like okay. kind of know what who she is and what what she's about and like kind of what they went through before. Adds a little more weight to, to what happens in this movie, um, okay. that, that kind of stuff. Uh, but what, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, if if you have, have seen all the MCU stuff, probably get a little bit more out of this than than the people who haven't. Um, if you are a uh, if you've seen all the MCU stuff um, and you're into comics in general, the, the Marvel comics in general, there's some deep nerd shit there too that that that. Uh, uh, you'll be able to, to pick on, pick up on. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and then there's some other things that uh, kind of tie into that, but I don't really spoil anything. So, um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's again. Yeah, I feel like you 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 don't need to, but you're gonna get a lot more out of this if you've seen previous Marvel stuff. So. Just, just in general, which is, you know, it, I feel like it's hard to knock 
MCU movies about that anymore. Um, I, I get that there's there's already fatigue. Um, some people were just never into it to begin with. Um, you know, I'm, there's there's already the, like that blowback that's been around for a while. Like, why can't we make other stuff like that kind of thing? Um, mm. But uh, you know, if if you're into it, you know, you, you everybody knows now. Like, <laughs> there's there's a ton of like uh, other movies and TV shows, and they're all interconnected. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think at this point people know what they're getting into. Um, so I, can't, I, I just don't see that as, a, as much of a valid criticism anymore. Um, you know, if, if you don't like the movie for that reason, that's totally fair. Um, but, you know, I, I think you just kind of have to expect that if, if you're into the whole thing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that, that that's it. <laughs> it settles that. Yeah, after going on that chapter. That's the end of um, that chapter. Uh, I also watched a, a Guy Ritchie uh, movie, Wrath of Man. Uh, hmm. It was okay. <laughs> it was uh, like a lot of Guy Ritchie stuff. There's, there's kind of this heightened reality that, that revolves around crime. Um, Jason Statham is, is the main character in it. Uh, I don't know that I recommend it, but it's got some some big, dumb, cool action sequences in it. So for that alone, um, I, think, I think people might enjoy it. Uh, I think I watched that on Amazon Prime. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you um, just looking for an, an again a. a a dumb action movie, uh, Wrath of Man, I think fits the bill. It didn't, it didn't feel that much like a Guy Ritchie movie, with a couple of exceptions. Um, so I guess he's he's branching out now. Uh, I mean, I he I'm always surprised to to see that he directed uh, at least Aladdin movie, right? So Good. which I have not seen. Yeah, the, the yeah. live action version of that. So. Don't bother. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. So if, if, again. Wrath of Man, uh, and finally the, the final episode of Winning Time uh, was was uh, released on Sunday, I believe. So, uh, yeah, overall, as, as uh, Jeff's talked about and I talked about last week, uh, overall I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it's really not a a documentary in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> And I was reading some, reading some stuff about it, and yeah, some of the the people they're depicting are kind of bent about the whole thing, and and rightfully so. Uh, but uh, if if you just take it as like just this like dramatic story, then then I think it's fine. Like again, I lo- I love what they do with Jerry West, <laughs> just making him an absolute psychopath. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if people are um, looking for a big um, Adam McKay. It, overall, I think it feels a lot like a like a Scorsese joint. I don't know, Jeff, if you if you felt the same way, where like there's kind of the seedy undercurrent for the whole thing, but everything's fun and everybody's smiling, and then takes these dark turns, and then it goes back to the to kind of the, the funnier stuff. Yeah, and I maybe not. Scorsese, yeah, but some, yeah, I don't know, something like that. But I wouldn't say him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that this movie 
caused the fallout between Will Ferrell and Adam McKay or the show? No. Because supposedly really? there was an, uh, uh, a verbal agreement that Will Ferrell was supposed to play Jerry Buss. Oh. Or something like that. Laura, Laura was telling me that there was something between... Well, that's interesting because like... Will Ferrell and Adam Because Will Ferrell and... Uh, and Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say and John... Uh, <laughs> C. Riley. John C. Riley, Like, yeah, they, they work a lot together, so... Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with those two together. I think it's... Something about McKay huh. may have, I think, said promised something to Farrell, and then it went to John C. Riley or something. Don't, don't. I, I know Will Farrell is part of um, Funny or Die. Isn't that also like Anna McKay's thing? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, that's there you that's go. Weird. That's going to be a messy divorce. And I, <laughs> I feel like one gets I mean, funny. John C. And Riley is really good there, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't even see Will Farrell yeah, playing yeah. this part, but uh, who knows? Um, anyway. Uh, Finally, uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll save this for the next couple podcasts. Uh, but uh, Moon Knight is finished up. Um, just, just in brief, uh, I think Alex, you've, you've seen the final episode as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, again, I, I don't want to spoil too much uh, before Jeff finishes it, um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to hopefully a continuation of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that's really all I say about it for now. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Alex, about it. Uh, nope. Oscar Isaac is fantastic. Yep, he's doing yeoman's work, as I like to say. Yeah, hell yeah, he is. Jeebus <laughs> age. Poeman's work. Whoa. <laughs> On the eye. Uh, snippet. <laughs> All right, that, that's it for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex, anything you want to talk about? Yes, I got uh, one bad review, one good review. And one's of a full movie and one's of a trailer. So we'll start with the bad. Um, <laughs> uh, the G.I. Joe movies, when I'm in the mood for just something really, really stupid, ridiculous, action schlock type of trash, that, well, you know, that's still fun because you know it's a fucking G.I. Joe movie. And that's why I like uh, at least G.I. Joe Retaliation, the one with The Rock, which is my favorite one. Uh, uh, so uh, I, w- I went into uh, G.I. Joe, or Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe origin story, thinking, okay, this is going to be another action slock. I already heard it was terrible, which is fine. I went in there thinking it was going to be just a stupid action movie. I was not prepared for it to be just boring and bad. I mean, there's a couple good action set pieces, but they tried to take this movie into like a very serious direction. Like no, there was one funny moment in the entire movie and the rest of it was just eh, bland. I was very disappointed. And that's it for that movie. I cannot I will not <laughs> recommend this movie. I lo- I love me some shitty movies and this one's just no, just don't watch it. The other thing that do I wanted s- to talk about... Do, do Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow make out? Ah, no, I wish. <laughs> That's, oh, they also don't go into why Snake Eyes doesn't talk. He talks throughout the whole movie. It's like, okay, he's going to get injured or something's going to happen. He's going to take a vow of silence or something when he becomes a full-fledged ninja. No, nothing. It's like, fuck you, dude. Anyways... The awesome thing that's coming out, though, 
I think you guys have seen the trailer, because I linked it. You fuckers, you better have watched it. It's called the new biopic, Weird. The Al Yankovic story. I I had already watched the trailer. I didn't. I was unaware of the link, but uh, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't wait. Watch watch the fake one too while you're at it, because the fake one's is freaking gold. Oh, there's a fake one. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. they, they, that uh, it, it stars Aaron Paul <laughs> as Jesse from uh, Breaking Bad as the. Oh, Olivia yeah, Wilde. I think I saw this. that for some reason. It came out like my <laughs> like, thing. And and like Pat Oswald shows up as Doctor Demento, and that one's oh, for, yeah, shit. that that one's so yeah. Watch the fake trailer. Oh man, which I think is also called which I think is also called weird. By the way, for for like that the fake movie that they're promoting that is also called weird. It's man, like I, Gary Cole's like his dad. Like it's it's yeah it's it's hilarious. Uh, if this was planned <laughs> by Weird Al, that'd be fucking fantastic. But. Yeah, the trailer looks great. It's uh, Daniel Radcliffe is starring as Weird Al, and he looks the part except when he's shirtless. It's like I don't think Weird Al was that. Yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, he was. He was pretty jacked. Yeah, he was, he was HGH. Yeah, yeah. Unless he was Rambo in UHF, he wasn't. That <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I want to see how it plays oh, up. It's like, God, it's it's like a, a what a Roku original. Like, yeah, I don't even have access weird. that because I don't have Roku shit. I know. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, yes, I do. I do have a Roku, so I will be watching it. Man, I can't wait. Somebody give me an accordion. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. I mean, wait. I'm fucking in, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Weird Al. Huge if this was If this was, like, in theaters, I would go to see it. That's too bad that... Yeah, uh, I might, yeah. Break my streak of not going to the theaters to watch this. I think... The success of, or the lack thereof, of UHF will never allow Weird Al to be in a, in a movie theater again. <laughs> That's right. No, they're not here for you. Weird Al Yankovic was on the plane. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's it. That's it for me. All right. Uh, Jeff, anything for you? Yeah, uh, a couple things, but real quick, I happened to click on William Shatner's, like, Sabotage. bio or whatever on IMDb just to make sure, to see if he's doing anything new, and, uh... Tech War? <laughs> Tech War. He's, he's, he's in pre-production of, of a, this is the most Canadian thing ever, of a movie called Keeper of the Cup. It's about some Toronto Maple Leaf fans who are trying to chase down the Stanley Cup, but uh, it's directed by Jason Priestley. <laughs> It stars William Shatner and Jason Priestley and Dan Aykroyd. So, Don Cherry. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be good. I know Don Cherry, but uh, Marty McSorley is in the credits. Is <laughs> listed as so here. So, uh, as far as reviews, that much. I keep watching Better Call Saul. Actually, I have not seen the final episode of Winning Time yet, so I got to do that. I am behind on Moon Knight. Um, there is that but I did yeah, didn't have time to see Doctor Strange either but I was in the mood for watching a Marvel movie so I put in uh, Winter Soldier which I haven't watched in a long time mm-hmm. and by put in I mean I went to Disney Plus and selected it I don't know why I acted like I put, <laughs> right. put a DVD in my drive I mean that's like uh, four or five button presses that's... yeah uh, God it's a good movie kind of forgot about it uh, I, mean, I didn't forget about it but I just haven't watched it in a while um, and then after that, I decided to put on Avengers, and I watched that too. Like I watched two movies back to back. I haven't seen in a while. And, uh, well, the Avenger movies—I mean, the Marvel movies are still good. Those are those other ones. I don't know. Maybe because they're early on, and 
I like those characters better, but it's good seeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one final thing is I went and saw the Beach Boys at the L.A. Fair yesterday. Oh, they get uh, around. <laughs> the ones that are still above ground uh, and still in the band. It's like one guy, right? Yeah, Mike Love is. Well, it's two guys, but like really one guy. It's Mike like, Love. Like He's the Brian Wilson's like a vegetable, right? Like, am I wrong about that? Uh, he, well, he's he's still touring, but he's not with the Beach Boys. But yeah, he's done a lot of drugs. It's not a good spot, mm-hmm. what I've seen. But uh, he's like eight. The guy Mike Love was there. He's you know it was two singers in that group, and the eighty-one years old. He's still up there and he's not moving much, but he's uh, <laughs> singing. And it was it was a lot of fun. And what I did appreciate is I never really thought about this until you hear a bunch of Beach. Beach Boy songs back to back to back. It's like punk rock. They're like less than two minutes each, and they just sit there and just play a song. And the drummers again play a song, and they go through like eight songs in, in less than like fifteen minutes, and uh, it's freaking rad. And the, <laughs> the, the songs rock. It's, and then it's like that thing you do, and they just drop their instruments and run off stage. <laughs> oh, there's no running, oh. except for John Stamos. <laughs> Was Stamos actually there? John Stamos was there the entire time. He played guitar. He played drums. He he sang, pushed wheelchairs. Yeah, like it was it was a family. But there were kids coming on stage. I don't know if they were his kids or not. It was it was at the fair, right? It wasn't like the greatest venue, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know. Don't, don't. It just cracked me up how quick and and how many how many songs they have. I was like, oh my god, I forgot about this one. Oh, I forgot about this one. So it's a dumb question for you, Jeff. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, as I lived in Southern California my whole life, where where the hell is the L.A. Fairgrounds? The L.A. Fairgrounds. It's in Pomona, the Fairplex. Oh, oh, oh Pomona. That makes sense. <laughs> well, it's the L.A. County, county yeah, Fair. That's right. it's, not... it's the County Fair. Not, yeah, yeah, it's a County Fair, not Los Angeles. Okay, okay. I know that doesn't mean a yeah. lot for any of our listeners outside of. That's like. If you watch Die Hard, she laughs when he's going to stay in Pomona, and she laughs at how far he is from L.A. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's it's like we we live in Orange County. We're closer to anywhere in L.A. than than Pomona is. <laughs> Wait, what? We're closer to Pomona than any? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're closer to Pomona than anyone in L.A. is. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, no. I think oh, either way, words. <laughs> Pomona's cl- Pomona's close to Orange County. It is. I'm just saying from where we like. I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of like how long it would take me to get somewhere. I, I mean, I commuted to Pomona <laughs> for five years, yeah. so oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pomona is actually it's like a 25 minute drive. It was not that far to get there, well, without traffic. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's on the outskirts of LA. Anyway, Beach Boys, uh, go check them out. There's a new hit band. <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids will like it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's oh, so sorry. I had to now. bring it up. Everybody's learning how. <laughs> so, like I said, it's on the fairgrounds, and we're like at one of the. We're, if you buy tickets to a show at the fair, you get to go into the fair for free. So, we're having drinks and stuff at the fair, and we're starting to see people like line up, and it's literally just rascal after rascal. After, <laughs> oh. We, oh, there's so many old people going to show up to watch it. And like the front, like there's the grandstands of the. Of the stage there, which is like, I don't know if you've been to a concert there. It's just the old horse race track, and everyone just sits in the yeah. grandstands, and there's a mm. stage there. And just the, the whole front part is just rascal parking. Just people just 
drive their rascals up. They watch the Beach Boys. There's no uh, crowd surfing or anything going on there. Dang. That was hilarious. But good for them for getting out and getting around and surfing (laughs) the USA. That's right. And that's all I got. All right. Sounds like we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.